Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. So excited to have the absolutely lovely Haley Callal here. Uh, she's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. But before that, she was working as an immunologist in a, God, I'm going to call it a science lab. No, she studied medical biology, psychology, chemistry, all of that. Took a chance entering the Sports Illustrated swimsuit contest online, got a DM from them, and then her world took off from there. Um, she's so lovely and hyper intelligent and so fun to talk to and is really trying to combat the stigma of the model stereotype, which I admire so much. She also has launched the Nerd Herd, uh, a foundation empowering young women in STEM. We talk all about that. We talk about the wild world of modeling, uh, the pageants that she did in Minnesota when she was younger. It's, she's just so lovely. Uh, she's also a gamer. We talk about Love Island, all of it. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Haley Callow. <laughs> Okay, Haley, I uh, I need to know your life story, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to put it that bluntly. I am so fascinated by um, y- your the way you grew up and where you are now. Um, well, one, you're a professional model now. Uh, yes. And also, I, I like an entrepreneur. You have a, a foundation now. You have many things going on, but it didn't mm-hmm. start that way. Um, can you give us like a how you've gotten to where you're at right now. <laughs> yeah, I have a very different path into like the modeling world than yes. most girls. Yeah. Most of my girlfriends started at 12 and they were scouted in the mall or they're in Denmark. It's a modeling agent walks up to them. That Classic. was not me. Like you look at my old pictures from middle school, elementary school, high school. I was the last person in the world to get <laughs> scouted. And I was cool with that. That was totally fine. So I always grew up as the daughter of two engineers. That's a huge, huge nerd. Like wow. I was always the nerdy, class focused, like had to get an A plus, had to beat everyone out. Yeah. So school was really my main focus growing up. Grew up in Minnesota, then from there went on to university, studied biomedical science and psych with a minor in chem. So kept with the nerd thing. <laughs> just a just an easy schooling easy. situation for yourself. Yeah. You easy. like to take it easy. <laughs> easy breeze. My parents love to just give me the easiest things to study. It's great. I'm sure. But then I took a chance and I thought, you know what? I've always been interested in modeling since mm-hmm. I grew up in the 90s. And the yeah. 90s were like peak performance of models. Yep. Cindy Crawford, yes. Elle McPherson, stunning. And so I submitted to Sports Illustrated since the casting call, which <sighs> they held their first ever one where you submitted an Instagram video. And I literally uh-huh. sat here like this, just put my phone right here. And I was like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm easy Khalil. <laughs> Um, I really love to be in your issue. And if you don't choose me, that's cool too. But like, what's up? And then, uh, I remember two weeks later, I mean, and I, and I had no followers at this time, mind you. Yeah. I had like maybe 50 followers and they were okay. like my aunt and my dad. Yes. And yes. <laughs> dedicated sports, followers. <laughs> dedicated. Just my biggest fan. And yeah. Sports Illustrated slid into my DMs. And I remember the exact moment because I literally like collapsed to the ground. And I was like, this cannot be happening right now. Like, this is not my life. This is one of those moments that I'll remember forever. And then that started my modeling journey. And the first thing that I ever shot in my modeling journey was Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, which is iconic. And now here I am living in New York. 
full-time model. I worked with my foundation and oh my, my whole gosh. life changed. Okay, let's break this down a little bit uh, <laughs> because this is such a whirlwind, wild story. And the fact that you did, like you said, both your parents were engineers. You grew yes. up in like academia and that whole world. Um, but you you also did um, pageants, right? I did scholarship okay. money. Oh, okay. So talk to yeah, me about like- this because I in doing some research. Your first pageant was when you were like 16 years old. So I was 17, I believe. No, I competed in Miss Minnesota Teen USA back when I was 16. So I used to watch. Yeah, tell me about tell me about how you even did this. I'm so because I did Miss New Jersey when I was like in college on a full whim, total academic nerd, but was just like, I'm curious in this. And so I'm so fascinated by how you got into it, interested, signed up, etc. So I'm going to throw my dad under the bus here, but (laughs) I used to watch pageants with my dad and my dad watched pageants because obviously beautiful women. I watched pageants because I was like, these women are so cool. Like these women, they're so poised. They're so confident. (laughs) They can answer some question about politics that like at the age of 12, I was like, I don't even know what like international diplomacy is. And this woman answers a question. I mean, they were incredible. They were such inspirations to me. So when I talked to my parents, I was like, listen, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And both my parents were like, there's no way in heck you're never doing this. (laughs) And then I said, well, there's a scholarship money aspect to it. Mm. So no student loans, you know, I can pay for my entire college and they were sold on that. So I entered my first pageant was Miss Minnesota Teen USA. I had no clue what I was doing. I bought uh-huh. a $60 dress. Yes. I had no training. Yes. I showed up. I like did my own makeup. Yes. I was standing on that stage like this when all the rest of the girls like were like yep. this. I mean, the <laughs> photos are hilarious. They'll like go down in history. These are my worst photos. I'm like, and I, I loved it. I felt so confident. I felt so beautiful. And so I tried it again the next year, put mm-hmm. a little more training into it, studied it a little bit, and then ended up winning. When wow. went to nationals, had no clue what I was doing again, and then totally lost to nationals, totally bombed, but had the best time of my life, got the scholarship money, and then I continued with Miss Minnesota USA, because it was a bigger scholarship money package, and they wow. helped me pay for almost my entire university. Wow. And so, okay, well, I mean, obviously, you're good at studying, it sounds like, across the mm-hmm. board in every category, but when you're going, okay, I did this. I looked around, people knew more than what I did. How do you go back and like study for something like that to be like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it better this time. I insta-stalked all of the girls <laughs> that were good at pageants. I was like, let me just breathe a little bit. And then I just watched, they would like move their hand. They, they would do this thing, pageanting, where they go. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I just, I like play it on repeat and practice in the mirror. Like, oh, I'm so poised. Like, look at her versus like the tomboy me standing there like this the year before. Yeah. So I just studied them, which they don't know that I creeped on them as much as I did. But I studied it and studying works. Amazing. I mean, yeah, that's what you have to do. That's so incredible. And I'm so fascinated. Um, and then, so how long was it between doing pageants to before you sent in a submission to Sports Illustrated? Oh, man, it was my entire college career, pretty okay. much. So I did Miss Teen USA back in high school. So that was okay. my senior year of high school. Okay, I was in okay. Miss Teen USA. 
I got the scholarship money, went to college. I think it was my second year of college that I decided I wanted to try Miss USA to make Mm. the rest of my college. So I tried that, enjoyed (laughs) the entire experience, um, didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> totally bombed again, but that's a, fine. A humbling experience. Amazing. I mean, I had the, I had the time of my life. I was like eating cinema and afterwards, like, oh, yeah. loser. it was great. Um, and then after that, it was just focusing on academics because I had always wanted to be a doctor. So wow. I was focused on studying for my MCAT. I was focused on getting through biochem, organic chem, immunology. And then uh, after I graduated, I went and worked in an immunology lab for a short period of time. And that was when I submitted my video for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Okay. What was being an immunologist? Is that the yes. correct term? What What's that like? So immunology is the study of cellular tissue. So mm-hmm. what our lab focused on is the study of type 1 diabetes. And oh, wow. in small farm towns in Minnesota, there's a high prevalence of children born with type 1 diabetes. Yeah. And we in our lab thought, oh... It might be because of this inorganic pollutant that was used in the 60s that might have increased the prevalence. So we did this entire wow. study on it and found zero correlation. But hey, <laughs> finding nothing is still hey. finding something. Yes, exactly. That's conclusive, at least. <laughs> exactly. So we were published. Like we won awards on our, our publishing, which was wonderful. Like it was Amazing. a great thing to have in my resume. It was an yeah. incredible experience working in the lab, working with my lab partners. They were all incredibly intelligent people. I mean, I can't even say enough good things about them. And yeah. um, then I quit my job and... <laughs> started becoming a model. Yeah. And so you pivot to this completely new world, which Mm -hmm. I guess you have some idea of because of like the pageant world. I wonder how much that maybe maps over into that world, um, if at all, or if maybe the lab maps over more than the pageant world does. I I think they kind of both. For pageants, for me, I was always a kid that was super insecure growing up just because mm-hmm. I was teased so much for being like the nerdy quirky kid. Like yeah. I was the kid with one best friend where mm-hmm. like you wouldn't get invited to the birthday party. <laughs> You're like the weird kids. So I think pageants threw me into a world where I was surrounded with all of these beautiful people mm-hmm. and I needed to feel comfortable with who I was because everywhere I looked, there was this stunningly gorgeous, accomplished woman. Sure. And so I needed to be okay with who I was. And it's the same in modeling. Like you walk into yeah. a cat and it's a room full of some of the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you let those negative like headspace thoughts get in there of like, I'm not gonna, she's prettier, she's gonna get this job, yeah. you're just you're dead in the water. So I think pageants definitely helped me in the confidence side of things. And then as far as academia and working in the lab, I think that helped me view myself as more than just this. Because mm-hmm. in the modeling world, you're you're a hanger. I mean, yeah. sometimes brands give you a platform like Sports Illustrated that wants you to speak on things that you love. Other brands, which that's what modeling is, just want to use you as a hanger. And there's nothing wrong with that since that's the mm. job. Right. But it made me find worth in this yeah. versus this. So they both made me who I am today, which I'm very thankful for. It's very interesting because I do think you know, with with social media um, and you know the advent of like being able to be a more complex person online Mm -hmm. and like fully show every different side of you uh which before like i remember growing up with like the models that you were talking about like all of them uh on runways that you just saw them as beautiful people and then when they started to be like quote allowed to have personalities was just Mm -hmm. like oh my god and now you have like the hadids and all of these like 
you know, Victoria's Secret models that have built these social media fall and like, you know, the the genders of it all have built these like social media followings as like fully formed human beings and yes. the Carly Clauses of it all that have like been able to be um as nerdy or as whatever as they want. I'm yeah. curious, like uh, with that, because social media is such a big thing. What's your kind of like um, relationship with social media? Is it a love hate? Is it a love love? Is it a uh, otherwise? <laughs> it's um, I think with everybody, it's a little bit of a love hate. Just yeah. because in social media, I mean, you're in social media, you get mm-hmm. positive. But yep. you also get a lot of uninvited negative. <laughs> yes, so you have to be really confident in who you are because it's like there's this TikTok that is one of my favorite TikToks of all time. And it's this person scrolling through their comments on social media. And it's like all these negative comments. And they're like, oh man, a new insecurity. Like, didn't know my <laughs> yeah. eyes were too far apart. But now yeah. I guess I do. Yeah. Like, social media is a great way to show people who I am. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest part of my brand is I want people to know I'm just so normal. I'm yeah. the most normal human. I go through the same stuff as everyone else. Like at a yeah. normal job, at a normal job, like everything about me is so normal. So for them to put me on a pedestal as a model, I just want to take away that pedestal because I don't think it should be there. A model yeah. is just another job. Yeah. It's just another job. Very true. Um, with that, Are there any auditions or go-sees or whatever or jobs that you've had that stand out as the most, I I don't want to say bad, but like strangest or most unique situations (laughs) or weirdest? I've definitely had bad castings. And if you talk to any model and they're open about it and they're not BSing, they will tell you about them. Like (laughs) there are times when you walk into the room and like, you're all excited. You got your little comp card and you're like, (laughs) you're looking great. And then you hand them it, which by the way, we have to pay for all these comp cards. Like these are not free. We pay for these cards. And so you're handing them this card that you're like, this is $4. Yeah. (laughs) And they literally will put it in the garbage in front of you. And you're like, let me just rip out my heart and jump off the building. Like, this was great. Today was great. Uh, those have been some of my least favorite casting, but it happens rarely because the industry is changing. Thank God. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of transparency on the industry now, which doesn't allow people to be as um, horrible as, as they mm-hmm. might have been before <laughs> without realizing it. Um mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of not horrible, I want to talk about Nerd Herd. Can you tell us about this? Yes. So I, ever since I got involved in modeling, Mm -hmm. have wanted to do something with STEM because now I have this platform. My 50 followers with my dad and my uncle turned into, you know, a big platform of people and I want to use it for good. I don't want to just post like, hey, here's me in a bikini. Cool. Enjoy it. Um, I want to do something good. And my thing is getting young women involved in STEM. I remember that I was one of four women in my upper level physics class. So to see that shift is super important for me. And I I want to be a part of it. So the nerd her kind of came about back when I was young. I have an older sister. And you know, older sisters, we love to give you half. I would go to all my nerdy clubs and she'd be like, oh, he was going off to the nerd her. Like, oh, have fun with your nerd her. And so that used to be a name. Negative term for me, but now I'm like, you know what? 
what's wrong with that? Like, that's yeah. awesome. Like nerds are out here changing the world. Like Truly. Elon Musk out here going to space. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. And I want young women to be passionate about it at a young age because a lot of them are steered away from it because it's not considered to be an area that women should excel in. Mm. When in actuality, women are incredible at math and science. They're yeah. just turned away from it at a young age. So I started the Nerd Herd to hopefully, and once COVID is under control because we're still dealing with the pandemic, yeah. I'd love to get in the classroom. I would love to teach young girls how to be in the lab, what oh. engineering is, just get them interested in science because yeah. it's such an important thing. And then in 2022, because we've had some delays because mm-hmm. of COVID, yeah. um, we'll be releasing a loungewear line where 100% of the proceeds are going to go to an organization called Black Girls Code. And they help yes. get young women involved in STEM, especially in low-income areas. So they're an Amazing. incredible organization. And I'm so, so, so excited for the launch. Amazing. I mean, and that feels like a great way to kind of combine the the split sort of thing you have going on right now, which is like modeling, et cetera, and then academia and coding or STEM and all of that. Um, I think that's so cool. Like what's the, I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with this. What is the like deterrent for young women in STEM? Is it just that it's, it's always been like a masculine field. And so there's just like this harder to get in situation. I think a lot of young girls think of it as very male dominated and mm-hmm. that's switching in some fields like medicine, for instance, sure. I think a couple of years ago, it finally switched, but it was like 51% women in yeah. medical school versus men, it's 49% yeah. men. But when you're going through, like, let's say you're in high school and you're in calculus, yeah, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, ah, oh, this isn't like, shouldn't you be in history? Like, shouldn't you like art? Mm. Like, you're just more you're pushed more towards certain things like teaching, art, history, yeah. which isn't wrong either. If you're passionate about that, go for it. But I think a lot of young women see sciences as something that men do. Mm. And it's because men are very pushed forward in the media mm-hmm. as being people that own the sciences. Yeah. And we're seeing that change slowly, yeah. but it needs to change faster because these yeah. young women are sitting there with a passion for science like me. And then a teacher is telling you like, oh, you know, like you're pretty good at this for a girl. Yeah. And you're girl, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't do it. Yeah. That shouldn't be a thing anymore. So we're trying to change that. That's incredible. Um, I'm so excited for you. Uh, okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have a bunch more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not, 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 not. Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review, comment, how are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. All right, Haley, I have a bunch more questions for you. So many. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where to go into Oh, let's go into the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. Okay. Awesome. So 
left. The first question I ask every guest is to tell us who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? <laughs> um, well, I just listened to All Too Well, uh, the 10 minute version. Oh, yeah. So, Jake Dylan Hall, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but you're getting destroyed on everything. But man, Taylor did a great job. So, sorry, buddy. You're getting spaghetti on ya. Okay. Uh, no real follow up questions there just yet. Maybe we'll go back there. Uh, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom emergency situation. However, you can only use three words or like small phrases to describe the event. Mm-hmm. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Oh, no. Mine? Yeah. Oh, I love that you have one immediately. <laughs> oh, oh, I have a lot. <laughs> this one's the worst. Mine was horse camp. Oh. Um, jumping off a horse. Not <laughs> it. <laughs> it was not cute. Oh, the poor horse. <laughs> and I never went back to horse camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll close the door on horse camp for anyone. I was like, goodbye, <laughs> horses. <laughs> uh, okay, now we have a section of the podcast called Deep and Hot, where I ask you a deep question that we have prepared for you and for a hot take on like a topic or a situation that we have prepared for you. So. My deep question for you is because I know that you've said in interviews before, because you're such you have such a academia as like your background. And now that you work in modeling, it's hard for you to get taken seriously in that sense. So the question is, do you think it's important to prove people wrong or to know for yourself that they just won't ever know you completely? I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think it's important as a model who has the background that I have, kind of like what Carly's doing, to speak out and to to prove people wrong because we have the resources to do so. But I don't think you should do it out of spite. I think you Mm. should do it out of wanting to change the situation for the better and wanting to change the stereotype around it. Granted, you are never going to change everyone's mind. Everyone is never going to like you and Mm. everyone's never going to believe that you can change the stereotype. So it's important to try to do it and to use what you have, but you're never fully going to change people's minds. Yeah, no, that's um, a very beautiful way to put that, especially because I think smart models get some of the hardest uh, circumstances to try and prove themselves in because people are like, no, I don't believe you. You can show they me don't. your you can show me your SAT scores. You can show me I, I'll give you this like uh actual test right now and I'm gonna think that somehow you have cheated or something is wrong with this. Like I literally need my degree tattooed on my forehead because <laughs> I have been at so many events where I'm they're like, What do you do for a living? And I hate I hate that question first yeah. off. I'm like, we're more than what we do for a living. Yeah. But whenever I say the word model, I get such a different response than when I used to say I worked in an immunology lab. Like yeah. just the amount of respect that you're given, especially for men, is so, so different. Yeah. Like I remember I was at an event and this older gentleman asked me what you do. I said I was a model and he started talking about modeling. And then he said, well, why don't you just marry a rich man that'll take care of you? And I said, I don't need that. You know, I, I worked in an immunology lab and I told yeah. him my entire experience. 
the second I said that, he changed his entire narrative. Yeah. He was like, oh, wow, you can go do whatever you want and take <laughs> over the world. And I was like, why can't you tell me that when I'm a model too? Why does yeah. it take this? Yeah, so that's a, what we're trying to change. It's a very strange strange way that the brain shifts and categorizes people <laughs> and their limitations based on uh, previous history, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But more power to you. Okay, now um, you've kind of touched on this already, but the topic for your hot take, because I saw recently that this was something that affected you emotionally, is Taylor Swift. (laughs) How, uh, with what she's doing now, where she's come from, and also kind of in the same zeitgeist of like, you know, reclaiming her own everything. What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? I mean, I was obsessed. She was my entire high school experience. Yeah, yeah. Any man that I dated, which Francis was not many in high school, because (laughs) I was such a weirdo, still am, but um, not much dating experience. Every time I would like have a bad breakup or like a guy didn't let me back, instantly Mm -hmm. crank in the Taylor Swift. Yeah. Well, even though you didn't even love me, like it, it was just, it was great. So to see her come back, to actually own the rights to her own songs that she wrote. There is nothing more BA of a woman to be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I own this because I created this and I should be pocketing the money from this because it's mine. So I'm here for it. I'm like, I have it on repeat. I was listening to it in the bathroom and I was was getting ready. I'm like reliving the terrible moments from my high school. Oh, yeah. It really does take you back to a certain time in your life when you felt scorned and you were like, I don't want to feel like this, but I am emotional. I'm like, she truly has her finger on the emotional pulse of someone that is going through a breakup. I mean, it's... Oh, I remember, like, I had a Jeep Liberty, like this beat up Jeep Liberty that got passed on from my older sister. And I specifically remember, like, I went on a date with one guy that was like, I was in love with him. He did not sure. like me at all. Um, <laughs> the second after he tells me, he was like, I don't think this is going to work. And I got into my Jeep and I just blared to him. <laughs> and I was just like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like, she gets me. And this poor man probably just like went home and ordered pizza and like doesn't even remember me now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep, yep. Huge moment in my life. <laughs> it's the anthems for all of us also did you recently go see harry styles i did how was I that did. i'm obsessed so haven't seen him I live am, i am somebody that didn't get harry styles at first so like yeah i would watch tiktoks and like harry styles so much i was like cool like he's a good looking guy like i don't get it yeah then i went to the concert <laughs> And then I got it. I was like, okay, this man is just doing something. Uh Like, he is so confident in who he is. He's so, like, gender-bent. Like, he just doesn't give a crap in the best way. Yeah. And I think I'm in love. Like, it's a a love affair with me and Harry. A spiritual experience. Yeah, I know. The fact that he is redefining categories or breaking the lines on categories is um, beautiful. Like, give me a man in a dress. Like, please. Like, after seeing him, like, wear whatever my dresses you want. Go to my closet. I know. The photo of of him uh, dresses Dorothy for Halloween. I was like, 
this is the only thing that's made sense to me lately. <laughs> like that's the world really- is chaos with Harry Styles and the rest just makes sense. Yes, it just does. A hundred percent. Uh, on that note, what are you watching or what do you do in free time? How do you spend the time that you're not working? Netflix and Hulu. I okay. Binge, like, what are you binge, binging? Like, Squid Games. I've seen mm. it twice now. So wow. I watched the dubbed version first, which I think was a mistake because the okay. undubbed version is better. Yeah, I've only and seen the then, dubbed version. Yeah, no, watch the undubbed because the okay. dubbed is very... Like it seems like a comedy. Yeah, it seems very jarring. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but the non-dubbed version is way more intense. Ooh, okay, and okay. you like learn a little bit more about who the characters are. Okay. And then, um, of course, I've been to watch you in my day. Wh- which one? You. It's oh, about you? the like, guy yeah. that stalks. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten into that one yet. Okay, I'm adding that to my list. I keep forgetting you, about that. You one. have to, and you you have to get back past the first like three episodes in the first season okay. and then you start getting into it. It, t- okay. it takes a while, but it's really, really, really good. Okay. Okay. Are you into reality television in any capacity? You know, I used to watch, well, I guess is the bachelor reality television. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Then yes. Then the okay. bachelor. That's like one guilty pleasure. Like, That's like a cornerstone reality TV. <laughs> like I, I do. Oh, and Love Island. Love Island, oh, okay. the UK version, the UK version. Yes, I started last year to watch a season of Love Island and it was so wild because I've heard so much about it and everyone builds it up so much. Um, but I have to watch it with subtitles on because I don't know why. their accents. I can't figure out. They're all wonderful and they all sound like beautiful cartoon characters. I can't they're, tell what they're, they're saying. So, I, just, I just love like what they say when like, a guy walks in and they're like... Yeah. Oh my god! Like a fancy and which is purple fit, and yes. you're like purple fit. Like I want somebody to call me that. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I just want to go on that show just to like sit there and watch. That's all I want. Yeah. No, I would In just. Yeah, I wish that they had like a little a tiny little audience area where you could just hear what they're saying. I guess that's what producers do, that they sit in the viewing window. <laughs> yeah, which is totally wrong and inappropriate. Like, just stick me under one of their beds. Like, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> just chill. I'll be the bartender. I'll be, like, Wells on Bachelor in Paradise. Exactly. Yeah. Do, um, do you have, like, a dream campaign or a dream job or an area of work that you haven't worked in yet that you would love to get to? So one of my ones was to get a billboard in Times Square and mm. I just knocked that off. And Hell I was yeah. like, Hell oh, yeah. So happy. Um, Victoria's Secret is, I think, one of the top ones for me. Yeah, like iconic. just because I grew up watching mm-hmm. all of the angels and they're yeah. doing this whole rebrand that I absolutely adore where they're showing personality and they're showing yep. different body types. And I'd love to be a part of it. So that's mm. kind of my my dream client because I already work with my dream client, which is Sports Illustrated. So those I feel would like be my two. You're someone that puts your mind to something and you get it done. And so I feel like this will happen for you at some point. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I try my best. I, I try my very best. Um. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, we have a question sent in from a listener that you and I can give some very unprofessional advice to. So uh, we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not 
Wait, are you into gaming? Um, I dabble. Yes. You dabble? Okay, what do you I dabble, dabble in? Uh, so one of my favorite games, because I'm so OCD, is called uh-huh. Anno 1800. Okay. And did you ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon when you were younger? I have played it before. My brothers, I'm middle child, brother, brother, older, younger. And so they were super into it. So I'd watch them play, but I just could never get myself to like sit down and do it. Oh, see this, you like, I will sit for, I played it in quarantine for hours on end. <laughs> yeah. You build a city. So you have yes. like a coal manufacturing plant, like a water plant, like <laughs> you have a place where you raise cattle. Like yes. it's, it's this entire thing. And then you have like people try to attack your city. And you can sit for like mm-hmm. 20 hours and just like build a city. Yeah, they used to play SimCity, uh, I think, which is yes. like the one before that, but all within the same company. And I'd be like, oh, I have little like warlords in my home yes. with me that are building our gods over their own ecosystems right now. Okay. <laughs> literally, well. like, I just literally got a Discord thing that they were like, let's get it. Like, <laughs> just popping up, like, war zoning pod. Like, let's go shoot some things. It's terrible. Oh, so funny. Um, okay, Haley, we are going to work together to answer a question, which I think now that I've watched, was that your husband helping you out? It was, yeah. Okay. Now that I've seen Matt help you out, I think you will have some very, um, you know, experience with this question. I'm so so excited. Uh, a listener has written in and said, I just moved in with my girlfriend after dating for three and a half years. I'm finding it hard to adjust to fully sharing my space all the time and dealing with someone else's messes. Do you have any advice for first moving in with someone and how to make it work? Oh, see, I'm the person that they're with. I'm the messy person. Oh, yeah, so. I know. Same, same. <laughs> like, my advice is going to be terrible because it's going to be like, don't you love them? Help them clean. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't know. Just like write them a note and really get your crap together. I just like, yeah, start, or start hiding. Like this would work for me. Just start mm-hmm. hiding my messes. Cause I'll mm. just leave stuff everywhere. Yeah. Just like, start hiding my favorite jeans or like hiding mm. my favorite tank top that I leave in the middle of the living room. And soon I'll, I'll start putting them away because I'm like, stop touching my stuff. Yeah, that's so, very true. Very true. Might end the relationship, but <laughs> like, she might be cleaner. That's good. You're gambling with some relationship stuff, but it could be really fun. I'm with you too, sure. that I'm also a very messy person. I do think when you share your space, you both have to kind of like know or like accept that this person might be messy and it's not like a personal attack on you. It's just generally Mm -hmm. the way that their brain is operating. I get very distracted very easily. And so I have like so many half projects and half things pulled out and I'll go, okay, now's the time that I should paint this like picture frame that I said I was going to do. And then I'll go, oh, wait, I haven't opened the mail yet. And then I'll have to do that. And then it looks like a Tasmanian devil has come through the house completely. I feel like if we lived together, it would just be like a oh, order house. Like just it would straight be, word. It would be so people would come in and be like, Are you okay? Are both of you okay? And we'd be like, No, we're not. I mean, I think I'm fine, but uh I can't Maybe. walk anywhere. Um, but do you guys have any because you guys have been married for a few years now, right? Six, Six. years. I was like a child bride, basically. I was married at twenty one. 
but that's I mean if it works for you it works for you did you guys and so you've learned to like grow and evolve with each other in living together and getting so many different like life experiences how do you guys for yourselves do you have any like things specifically that you do if you give each other like I don't know the lists of can you get this done or the best way to communicate I think it was a learning experience in the beginning because Mm -hmm. he obviously came from football. So in the beginning he was like full into football. That was his entire life. So I kind of took up cleaning, which is out of my element and doing all those things. Now that he's done with football and he's focused on his businesses, Mm -hmm. he and I both have a lot of free time to spend together, which is wonderful. And I will give him props. He puts up with me, um, (laughs) which is a big deal. So both him and I are so chill as human beings. Like even talking about the hardest things, we're like flatlined type of logical people. That's so good. I think that that just helps us because if I was with somebody that was super emotional, they would hate me. Mm. They, would, they couldn't do it. So I, I pushed the right man because he is so single, which yeah. is absolutely wonderful. So anything that goes wrong or goes bad, we talk about it right away. We okay. get it done and then we move on. I think that's the like foundational element is the communicating right as it's happening versus oh my God, I'm watching this person make a mess and I'm not going to say anything, but it's going to build up inside of me and then I'm going to explode. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. cute. Not cute. No, resentment is not cute. We don't do resentment. We don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No resentment here. Um, Haley, we're getting towards the very end of the podcast. And uh, before we sign off completely, we love to give a little token of our appreciation to our guests that make time for us. And that is a personalized horoscope from us to you that we have created that Melissa, I think we'll put in the chat for you. Um, if you, if you're able to read that aloud to the class, dear Leo, it's me <gasps> lion of the stars, the ever asked, the ever wise asteroid palace visit fire sign. Let's see. Aries from, I have terrible vision, by the way, so I apologize. No, it's a bunch of gobbledygook, basically. <laughs> Aries from mid-February to the end of April. For any challenges that may come in this time, just remember you work best as either leader of the pack or on your own. Thank goodness the nerd herd has you. <laughs> Yay! I love that so accurate. We <laughs> need group project. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, then our star charts are aligning. Um, Haley, where can people find you? Where can they find Nerd Herd and everything that you're up to if they don't already know? So all of my social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything is at H-A-L-E-Y-Y-B-A-Y-L-E-E. That's Haley Bailey. That was my dad's nickname for me. And then the Nerd Herd is easy. It's Instagram page that we're launching. The website's coming soon. And it's at the Nerd Herd. Perfect. Uh, Go check it out, guys. This is so exciting. Thank you so much for making time and talking with us. Um, I think you're hyper fascinating. And I cannot wait to see what you do and to see you in the Victoria's Secret runway show very soon, I'm sure. I know. I'm like, come on, BS. Come on. Come on. Manifest. (laughs) Manifest. (laughs) Manifest. Manifest. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs>